Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I'm Sarah. And I'm Beth. We're lawyers, mothers, and co-hosts of the podcast Pantsuit Politics. We have more in common than divides us. In a world that defaults to false dichotomies, we explore the messiness of living wisely. The choices, trade-offs, priorities, and grace of living a nuanced life. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of The Nuanced Life. We are going to commemorate moments of real bravery for our listeners today. Before we dive into that, we hope that you'll join us for our Nuance Nation tour. We have stops coming up right outside of Detroit, Louisville, Dallas, and Washington, D.C. So follow the link in the show notes to get your tickets to join us as we do what we do all across the country and have special time set aside for your questions and answers, to sign books, to take selfies. It's a blast. So we hope to see you at Nuance Nation. We are going to start our commemorations today with a little throwback to yesterday's episode of Pantsuit Politics. Kimberly reached out about lobbying that she did in Washington, D.C. to advocate for fully funding the IDEA. She and her 21-year-old son, who has dyslexia and autism, went together to Washington, D.C., which was a big moment she wanted to commemorate, and which I think pairs so nicely with a commemoration from Holly about her son. Holly's son, Ethan, is going on the bus to kindergarten. She says, my emotions are especially intense because Ethan has disabilities, is in a wheelchair, and is mostly nonverbal. He was diagnosed in utero with a condition called semilobar holoprosencephaly. We were told at the time that most babies with this diagnosis are either miscarried or die before the age of one. So this milestone of attending kindergarten and experience school was not always seen as a guarantee for him. Today, I am grateful for Ethan's life and for how far he has come. And I'm learning to let go and trust others to care for my not-so-little ones. I feel relieved, recognizing that I made it through all the little years and the uncertainty surrounding Ethan's diagnosis. I have mixed feelings about them growing up. I feel sad that I no longer have a little lunch buddy at home with me. I feel excited for my kids and especially for Ethan, knowing that they will learn and grow and form new friendships. I feel frustrated knowing that Ethan doesn't have the ability to tell me about his day or his friends or if something happens to him at school that makes him sad. And I feel jealous of parents who get to have those conversations with all of their kids. I feel a bit nervous and full of anticipation for myself. Today is the first day in almost eight years that I have not had a child home with me for at least part of the day. It is the first time as an adult that I'm not working full-time or home with kids during the day. I'm choosing to not jump into any big changes right away, but simply enjoy having time to be in nature and pursue my creative interest, writing, writing music, and taking a ceramics class. I am saying goodbye to the sweet but exhausting little years and welcoming in a new season for us all. And Holly sent us the most beautiful picture of Ethan. And I hope that this has gone so well for both of you. I can you know, I, th I think Holly's email was just written so beautifully that I feel like I can step into her shoes a little bit and feel all of these emotions with her. 
And I just can't wait to hear more about what Ethan's doing in school and how this is working for their family. Well, and so much of what she speaks to in the email, and I think this is often the case when your child has special needs or is disabled, it's the experience of parenting on steroids. It's the emotions that many of us feel only way more intense. I mean, everybody feels excited and sad when their child goes to kindergarten for the first time. But the extra layer of intensity and the bittersweet awareness that Holly has that he won't be able to come back and tell her how his day went and that she has is having to put so much trust in the people caring for him during the day, as we all do. It is such a beautiful thing to share with all of us and to give all of us that insight into the regular milestones that we all take for granted and how dialed up they can be through other people's eyes. That sentence about him not being able to report back really tugged at my heart when we read it because I rely so much on that daily briefing that I get from both of my girls about what they've been doing during the day. I'm obsessed, just as my mom was, with the details of what's happened. I want to know what they had for lunch. And I want to know, you know, who was kind to them today and what did they learn and what did they talk about in every single segment of the day. And I realized reading this message from Holly that it's not just that I'm curious about those details. There is a sense of security for me in getting those details. It is my way of validating that trust that we put in the people and places that care for our kids while they're not with us. And I don't think I had ever understood that so clearly as I did when I read this note from Holly and thought about what it would be like to send them off into the world and not be able to get that download from them when they get back. One of my dearest friends in the entire world has a child that is nonverbal. And I think so often about her and watching the way that she communicates with her son. So much of communication is nonverbal. And so much of those nonverbal cues can be missed when we are all obsessing, as we often do, with who got in trouble and did you get in trouble and what was what color were you on today and do you have any homework and... All of us as parents have so much to learn from parents of children who are nonverbal. I believe that I've learned so much from watching my friend Annie and the way that she communicates with her son and that, you know, so much of what our kids need from us is to be listening deep underneath what they're saying. And that's a skill that the parents of nonverbal children understand profoundly and are so skilled at and really are just masters at reading that energy and reading those cues. Because depending on words with kids is limited. You know, we want them to be good verbal communicators, but they're just learning. I mean, that's part of, I think, the struggle so much with toddlers and raising toddlers is that they don't have the verbal communication skills that we all depend on to figure out what's wrong with people. Even though, let's be honest, even one of my best friends the other day was like, I'm realizing so often with my mother that she's just hungry sometimes and I need to ask her, like, have you eaten? You know, like, even when we're all verbal in the situation, there's nonverbal things that we don't pick up on about ourselves and we certainly don't pick up on about other people. So what a blessing Holly's message has been and can really really offer insights for all of us. 
And it's important the way that you just categorized parents of nonverbal kids as masters of seeing that communication, because I talk a lot with a number of families who have a child with special needs. I never hear the word master from them about their experience of being in those moments. What I hear is so much uncertainty and so many judgment calls where the outcome is uncertain and where they have to make a decision without good information, where Healthcare professionals sometimes are saying to them, what do you want? And they're like, I don't know. Tell me what is possible. And I just think it's really beautiful that you called out that to those of us who are not facing that challenge, we see how skilled they are and how much they Mm -hmm. have to offer us. And we see parents thriving in those situations, even when I'm sure it doesn't feel to them like they are. And so I just want to lift up everyone who is doing that hard work and hoping that we can invite you to take a moment to realize all of the super parenting powers that you have developed. Well, you would only need to witness Annie and her son for a few minutes to use the word master, and I'm positive the same would be true of Holly and Ethan. They are strong with muscles that most of us can easily neglect, you know, that we don't know we're not using until you're forced to use them. And again, we have so much to learn from parents with that strength. We will be right back after this short message from our sponsor. Let me tell Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Tell you about my secret weapon for learning new things and getting ahead. It's hard to find the time to sit down to read and learn more. When you don't have free time, you can't read or work on personal development. There is an incredible app that solves this problem, and I highly recommend it. It's called Blinkist. Blinkist is really unique, and it works on your phone, your tablet, or your web browser. Blinkist takes the best key takeaways, the need-to-know information from thousands of nonfiction books and condenses them down into just 15 minutes that you can read or listen to. Successful people like business leaders are well-known for reading a lot of books. Blinkist is made for busy people like you who want to get the main points of a book quickly so you can start using that information right away. And with its audio feature, Blinkist makes it easy to finish a book during your commute, on your lunch break, or while you exercise. Eight million people are using Blinkist right now, and it has a massive and growing library from self-help, business, health, to history books. Blinkist has the latest titles from bestseller lists, as well as the classic nonfiction titles you always meant to read, but never had time to. With Blinkist, you get unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books. All the books you want, and all for one low price. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com slash life, try it free for seven days, and save 25% off your new subscription. That's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T. www.blinkist.com slash life to start your free seven-day trial, and you'll save 25% off, but only when you sign up at Blinkist.com slash life.
Our next commemoration is from Allie, who is 22 years old and from the UK. Allie writes, next weekend, I'm going with my mom and sister to take her to university for the first time. A year ago last week, we lost my dear dad to cancer. After six years of chemo, radiotherapy, special diets, and too much pain for the kindest man I've ever known, he died with all of us around him at peace spiritually and in his heart. That same year, Allie started post-grad, moved in with Allie's partner, and welcomed a baby cousin to the family. And Allie says, and now my brilliant, tough, talented sister is embarking on an adventure she's going to knock out of the park, but her dad isn't there to share it, which feels so wrong and so unfair for her, for him, for my mom, who's seeing our family home get quieter and quieter. So really what I want to commemorate today is the bittersweet nature of our lives moving on. It feels like we should still be at the standstill we were in last summer, but instead we're all taking on new challenges and seasons, forging relationships and plans he dreamed of for us. I'm getting further along my gender transition, my little brother's starting a new school. It feels wrong, but it's also so exciting. This weekend, I read a Twitter thread that I think is such a wonderful illustration of what this process of grief can be like. It's called the ball in the box. Have you heard about it, Beth? No. mm -mm. So you imagine a box, and on one side of the box, there is a button that causes pain. And when you first lose someone, there's a ball in the box, and the ball is very, very big. It fills up almost the entire box. And so it feels like you can't move at all without bumping up against the pain button and experiencing the loss, experience the rawness of the loss, and just your grief feels overwhelming because the ball is so big. And as time goes on, the ball shrinks. And so you're not bumping up against the pain button all the time, but the exchange is that when you do hit the pain button, it's unexpected. It can be so, so intense and painful. And I just thought that was such a wonderful illustration of what grief can be like, that the pain is not necessarily less. It's just different in the ways you encounter it. And I think what Allie writes about so beautifully is as you move forward and all of us, it's almost like there's a moment where the ball is smaller and you're sort of surprised by it too. That can be a painful experience, like when you see these things happening and you see time moving forward and the transitions and you're tackling things you never thought you could tackle and realizing like, oh, my gosh, yeah, this this ball that seemed. To Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Occupy the whole box at the beginning is shrinking, but I still have carry all this grief and the pain is still there, especially as we move forward in time and we encounter milestones we can't share with our loved ones. I just I think that that is such an important journey to commemorate. I think that commemorating all these moments of progress when it comes to grief are so important. And Allie's awareness of both those things is is really striking. I really like how Allie notes that it is both 
heartbreaking and feels wrong and exciting because I love that metaphor that you just shared, Sarah. And my own experience with grief is when you have those moments when it comes roaring back and you realize, and now I have this language that the ball has gotten smaller, there are kind of layers of it because then you think, should the ball have gotten smaller? Is that Mm -hmm. okay? Does it diminish the love I have for this person or how impactful this experience was for me if I allow the ball to shrink. And then there's just this whole new cycle of, am I allowed to be at this point in my life? Am I allowed to go on? And I'm not sure that that ever goes away entirely. That's one of the things we've talked about her many times here that I love about Megan Devine's work, where she says like, no, you don't get over it. You just don't. Mm -hmm. And it just changes forms and comes back around. And it's, part of you always this this grief it becomes a companion in life and i do think that ali has so beautifully captured what that journey is like we're going to take a quick break and we'll come right back Is there something interfering with your happiness or that's preventing you from achieving your goals? I know that this comes up for me a lot, and we talk a lot on The Nuanced Life about how reaching out for help is a critical part of growing and engaging in life's messiness. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 24 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. There is a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's counselor network, which may not be locally available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You get timely, thoughtful responses, plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room again. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily. Visit betterhelp.com slash NL. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, and join the over 500,000 people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Special offer for our Nuance Life listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash Nuance Life. also heard from Katie. When Katie was 17, she was in Haiti assisting with a local humanitarian effort when the island was struck by the 7.1 magnitude earthquake we all remember so well from 10 years ago. Her group was very close to the epicenter and felt it. The impact of that earthquake was devastating for Haiti. Over 100,000 people lost their lives. And at that point, Katie hadn't experienced death very intimately. She says, experiencing death for the first time in such a massive, violent way was a loss of innocence that I cannot fully put into words. We were near the coast when the quake occurred and were ordered to evacuate to higher ground due to the tsunami warnings. Along the way, we saw corpses lined up next to each other as survivors sifted through the rubble, trying to free anyone clinging to life underneath literal tons of concrete. There's so much more to tell. Trying to reach my parents and sister in Florida to tell them I was alive, the way fear grips you like never before when you can no longer even trust that the ground beneath your feet will be solid. Handing out rice to survivors, orphaned children, being rescued by the United States military and Black Hawk helicopters, survivor's guilt, and the way it changed me. 
Katie has been thinking about where she is now almost 10 years later. She's married, an RN, and has two kids. She says that this changed her life, and there's been more sadness in her since, and that she was born empathetic, but this experience took it to new heights. So she wanted to commemorate the 10-year anniversary on January 12th, and she's commemorating all the lives lost and what the earthquake means to her. I found Katie's message particularly powerful because of reports coming out of the Bahamas right now in the wake of Hurricane mm-hmm. Dorian and what it's like for people who are part of these collective moments of devastation. And Katie mentioned in her message to us that it feels weird when the anniversary rolls around and there isn't kind of this universal pause mm-hmm. to hold on to it. I remember feeling that way when I first started working after law school, and we just kind of carried on without any moment to mark September 11th. I felt the same way. Like, why aren't we? This is a thing, right? This is something that we Mm -hmm. all share. Why aren't we stopping for a second to do this? And I don't know the answer to that other than we're not very good at this collectively, and, and it's painful and we don't want to resurrect painful experiences and i think we all have this sense of well i can't do anything about it and so why call up that emotion mm-hmm. and i love that katie is willing to keep calling up that emotion and to integrate it into her life in a way that enables her i'm sure as a registered nurse to do incredible good for people who are suffering this reminds me of so many aspects of my experience with the school shooting when I was in high school, which is when you experience a natural disaster, particularly any sort of disaster, tragedy, event that becomes a national or global news event, that the story just keeps going even when everybody else has moved on. Such an intense experience to be a part of something that's in the news everywhere and then the, just the news moves on and you're still there dealing with the aftermath, dealing with the impact. And so particularly when it comes to anniversaries, marking that, I would think it, you know, for Katie in particular, because she doesn't live in Haiti, to have something impact you that wouldn't be a part of the community in which you live in to sort of experience this change of time and remember that moment in in when everybody's lives changed would be lonely. So I think it's really, really smart and insightful that Katie is commemorating this and trying to do it and reach out and talk about it publicly since she's not necessarily in a community that will be marking this event in a really public way because we have to do that. We have to mark these moments in our lives where everything changed, where the ground shifted literally and figuratively underneath our feet. So I think it's really, really brave and smart what Katie has done here. Yeah, it's courageous to invite that kind of pain back in in order to acknowledge what happened and all the people impacted by it. And I think it's courageous of Kimberly to be in Washington, D.C., advocating for her students and for your children and my children. Courageous of Holly to put Ethan on that bus you know, and know that she's going to have to work so hard to stay in communication with him about what's happening in his day and courageous of Allie to be thinking about what Allie's dad would say if he could watch all of the unfolding taking place in their family's lives. So thank you all so much for sharing your commemorations with us. Please keep them coming. We so love reading your stories and sharing them here. And we hear from people all the time in 
oddly specific ways sometimes how much it impacts them to hear these stories. So thank you all. Please join us on Pantsuit Politics on Friday. We'll be sharing a live episode from Midway University and back here again next Wednesday. Keep it nuanced, y'all. Dylan Garvin produces The Nuance Life. Elise Knapp is our managing director. The Nuance Life is listener-supported. Go to patreon.com slash thenuancelife. For $5 each month, you'll receive an entire bonus episode of The Nuance Life. Dante Lima is the composer and performer of our theme music. Dylan Garvin is the composer and performer of our ad music. For more information about The Nuance Life and to connect with us through our weekly email, visit pantsuitpoliticsshow.com.